Hello and welcome to episode 7 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. Uh, I'm Johnny Burnell and I'm joined by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson once again. Uh, chaps, not the uh, not the best of weekends for Derby County. Uh, so let's start with, with Bristol City away. Uh, and, and just a, a brief bit about the game. Obviously a 4-1 defeat is, is not what you're after if you go around. Not at all. I'm not sure we can be brief either about it. <laughs> certainly wasn't in my match report. There's a few thousand words in there. Uh, it just reminds me a, a lot of the Sheffield United defeat as well. And we're saying the same things afterwards. And Gary Rowett was was saying the same things in the press conference afterwards as well. And uh, uh, the, the same old problems were in there. And, and, and somehow Gary Rowett and his staff and the players have got to come up with a solution uh, to be able to perform better away from home. Mm-hmm. Chris, thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, I'd second what Steve said, really. Um, Derby winning at half time, uh, perhaps against slightly against the run of play, but they were winning one nil. Um, they saw saw out, you know, they were under some pressure towards the end of the first half, and they saw that out, and you thought get in at half time, regroup, and then they had an awful start to the second half and conceded twice um, in double quick time, and suddenly they're lo- suddenly they're they're losing. They were still in the game; they could easily have made it two all. They had a couple of, of good chances. Um, it's all ifs and buts, you know. If one of those had gone in, could it have been different? And then they concede twice as they're chasing the game, um, but that's no excuse. It's still incredibly disappointing, and that's now ten goals conceded in three in three away games, which is clearly not good enough. You mentioned that obviously they did take the lead, and, and to be one 0 up at half time and to lose so badly, did that surprise you? Uh, yes, it did because you know the the, the key to away performance is, is is quite simple, really. You kind of stay tight if you can for twenty minutes. You kind of frustrate the home team if you can, and if you can get your noses in front, then it's a long way back for the home team. That's the way it should work. Uh, Derby did that. Uh, they went ahead, and at that stage, you thought, well, you know, will Bristol City become desperate? Will they push, and can Derby then then pick them off again? Uh, but to concede four goals in any half of football is, is, is very poor. I mean, we've said that about Hull City in the home game when Derby beat them 5 0. You know, they were shambolic Hull uh, in that first half. And uh, really, Derby were the same at Bristol City, second half. Conceded poor goals. I mean, all goals are poor, and you can pick faults in, in all goals conceded, but, you know, three ish header for the first one uh, to make it for. Bristol City's equaliser to make it 1-1 uh, then uh, Jonathan Lecco I think uh, dancing feet in the area and it seems as though Richard Keel just got a bit bored with it and tripped him over uh, again poor defending uh, Tom Huddleston gave the ball away ridiculously easy for, for the third goal which results in Curtis Davis bringing one of their lads down free kick lad curled it in off the underside of the bar and then when you when you are chasing the game we saw this at, uh, in the defeat at Sheffield United there's always a bad Goal, you concede, and 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 uh, Bristol City got the fourth goal, and 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 it and it looked poor, but it was bitterly disappointing. One of the things that did disappoint me, uh, away from the scoreline and all that, is that at half time, Derby were one nil up. They hadn't played well. They were under the cosh before half time in the fifteen minutes, so they'd seen that through and gone in ahead. I thought then they should have made a change. Because Bristol City are having a lot of joy, especially in the middle of the pitch, and I just felt they needed to change then. 
and that's the thing with with with, with spotting things is is react to it before before something mm-hmm. happens and I just thought then they should have put another an extra man in midfield uh, and basically shore off the midfield make it difficult for Bristol City with the ball and then play on the counter that's what I'd have done uh, I'd have I'd have actually uh, taken off Andy Vyman I'd have brought I'd have moved Chris Baird from right back into a holding midfield role with Tom Huddleston and Bradley Johnson and uh, put Andre Wisdom on it right back and play on the counter. I'd have probably introduced Sam Winnell as well, just to give you that extra bit of sharpness up front to, to allow you to play on the counter. Uh, because, as I say, they were getting too much joy around the middle of the pitch where Tom Huddleston and Bradley Johnson were struggling. So that was a bit disappointing for me because I think that would have asked a lot more questions of Bristol City. Agree with that? Sounds like a, a football manager. <laughs> send his CV into Birmingham City, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, of course, it's, it's sort of easy to, to say various things with hindsight. And, and as a manager, I can I could understand thinking, well, we're winning, so let's keep going. And, and I think Gary Rout said he recognised that the team weren't playing well enough at half-time. But I think he thought by kind of giving them certain instructions, they could be better mm-hmm. in the same yeah. with the same personnel. Um, of course, you can't necessarily legislate for what's going to happen within you know five minutes of... Of the, of the second yeah. half starting but I, 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 Gary Rout certainly said after the game that, that he was looking at maybe bringing in an extra midfielder for the next away match just because he'd got to do something What it? was interesting though is, is is before Derby went ahead I said to Chris uh, that I felt that we had problems in the middle of the pitch I felt that Tom Huddleston and Bradley Johnson were being a gift, given the run around a little bit mm. you could see that I thought I think developing and that worried me uh, and, and I just wondered, you know, sometimes you've got to react and, 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 and basically combat the strength of the other team. And, and at that moment, Bristol City were certainly on top in the final 15 minutes of the half. But as you say, it's, it's hindsight, it's easy, sat back from it, you know, and, 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 and had they stuck with it and gone on and won 2 0, then, you know, it would have been a problem. But uh, as I say, it, the second half was bitterly disappointing. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they have to be better than that. You mentioned those uh, midfield problems. There's sort of been a not a backlash as such, but there's been some sort of you know comments from yes. fans after the game about a, you know a lack of mobility uh, in the middle of the park. Obviously, Craig Bryson's now at Cardiff. Um, do you sort of think that this is a real issue at Derby County at the minute? I think it is an issue. I mean, it, it's got to be an issue, hasn't it? Because that's the reason why Gary Rout tried to bring in uh, mm-hmm. Michael Kiftenbelt because he wanted to balance off the midfield with 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 a uh, someone in there, twenty seven year old's legs, someone whose game is built on closing uh, opponents down, uh, breaking up play. Who who Gary Rout himself said, yeah, I don't think he's worked with a player. He said who, who closes people down quicker than than Kiftenbelt can. Uh, so there clearly is an issue there else, else they wouldn't have gone after Kiftenbeld uh, so it's like any parts of the team they have to be balanced and uh, at the moment there it, it doesn't seem to be that balance we, we point to the, the 5-0 victory over Hull at home and everything went really well for them but we've got to remember in that game that it was pretty even for the first half of the first half if you like and had they scored the penalty who knows what would, would have happened uh, and again, on that night, I said to Chris after about ten minutes, I felt that Hull were playing into Derby's hands because they were trying to play too much football as the away side too early in the game, 
And I think that helps Derby. Teams who get at Derby and get in around them and don't give them any time, they're the teams that cause Derby problems, not the teams who want to out-football Derby. I think that suits Derby's game if a team wants to do that. But Sheffield United and Hull City were similar in the fact they were very busy, very workmanlike, lots of energy, lots of tempo, and, and, and Derby find it difficult to cope with that. Mm. I think Gary Rout alluded to it himself after, after the Bristol City game. He essentially sort of said, if it's a you know, if it's a nice game for Derby, then they're great. If it's yeah. not a nice game, then they they don't seem to have a way at the moment of sort of grinding that out, and that and that could be for some of the reasons that we that we've just talked about. Mm. Tom Huddleston's a, a name that's sort of come up uh, with this whole lack of mobility. Obviously, we know that Tom Huddleston as a footballer offers a, a lot more than than just that, and and you know him mm. very well, Steve. Mm. I mean. How did Derby County get the best out of Tom Huddleston? Well, as you just said, John, Tom's strengths are his control of the ball, which hopefully gives you the control of the midfield and the game, uh, his vision and his passing range, passing range over short and long distances. That, that's his strength, always has been. Uh, and I, did, I wrote when he signed that this is great, but the, ha- the balance of the midfield has got to be right. As it, with, as it has with all midfield players, you know, Bradley Johnson's in there. The balance has to be right for Bradley as well to to, to be able to produce what, what we know he can. So it's all about balance, and, and with Tom certainly it does help if you've got a snapper in there, someone who's who's going to chase down, who's going to close down, who's going to win the ball back quickly or as quick as possible, and give it to Tom to play and. Uh, Lee Johnson, the Bristol City manager after the game, was good on Tom Huddleston. The managers recognise his quality. Mm. That that goes without saying. But they also probably recognise where you can get where you can make it uncomfortable for him. And Lee Johnson said he's he's a sprinkler. He sprinkles passes if you allow him to do it, and and he can do. It. In fact, first half he has a couple of beauties actually uh, to to set Derby away, and that's what he's capable of. And and you know, Brian Clough once said, famously once said, you know. Let, 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 let's praise players for what they can do and not what they can't do because you know, most players can't do certain things mm-hmm. you know, they're good at one thing or two things and not particularly good at others and that's why the word balance is crucial and I've thought for a long time in, in Derby's team that, that it's like balance not just under Gary Rowe but before Gary Rowe as well mm-hmm. So do you almost think that maybe the three across the midfield would suit Tom Huddleston more than, than a two? Yeah, I, I don't want to really say that because I, I kind of said we should move away from the three in midfield but and Chris has pointed out already that Gary Rout has suggested that he may have to look at different ways in away games than, than at home and I think that's true I think you do need more than one plan you know Steve McLaren if you remember was criticised heavily for just having one plan Gary Rout has said when he first came in that he's looking at different ways to play and I think he'll have to look at that and, and if that means moving three into midfield uh, for away games then I think they'll have to do that because at the moment they haven't quite got the balance right so if you haven't quite got the balance right what you do then is put numbers in rather than balance and that's why I said second half against Bristol City I'd have added an extra one in there just to make it more difficult for the opponent Uh, but what system he looks at away from home I don't know I mean Mm -hmm. me being a very conservative in my approach to games I would go I'd like to go 4-4-2 uh, and I would use Bradley Johnson on the left side of that. Uh, I'd have basically f- if as close to four midfielders as I could get, 
Uh, but but equally, I, I wouldn't mind going four five one either. But you'd have to have the right man up front to, mm. to give you the out ball, and and certainly your two wider players would have to link up quickly. And the four five one in theory is a four three three with the ball anyway. So yes, but yeah. I, I I did want to move away from four three three. But at the moment, and I'm sure if Kifton Bell had signed, mm. we might be saying a very different thing. And the four two three one might be be better away from home. So. It's difficult for me to go back on that, but I understand if you haven't got the balance, you go for the numbers. Mm. That topic of formations always always coming back up, isn't it? Yeah, well, of course, the problem with adding an extra midfielder to the team is, is at the moment, that's one area where they haven't really yeah. got the numbers. Yeah. They're yeah. not blessed with, with those numbers because yeah. of, of what we've talked about before. Um, now, obviously, we've got George Thorne, who's coming back from injury. Um, obviously, still, by his own admission, short on match fitness um, you've, you've got Chris Baird who you mentioned is a possibility we've not really seen him in there very often no. in a Derbyshire no. but he has played a lot there yeah. in his career for, for other teams I'm not sure why we haven't seen him in there either I'd like to know the yeah. thinking behind this and reach it from a tin hat here because I know some, some fans will be right on to me <laughs> you've about always this. got your tin hat on. But, but Chris Baird is a natural defensive midfield player he played most of his career for Northern Ireland in that position I'm not sure why we were completely overlooking that. And I would have him as a real holding midfield player, basically not moving from in front mm-hmm. of the two central defenders. And I think probably the last time he played there may have been when he got injured at Preston when he went off with a really bad whack to the head. That may have been the last time he played there. And I tell you what, that afternoon he was outstanding, by the way. And it was only his uh, performance that allowed Derby to get out there, I think, with a win. So let, let's not overlook something as, you know, is, is an option. And while George Thorne is where George Thorne is, and, and, and Chris spoke to him after the Barnsley game, and George admitted that he's some way away from where he needs to be fitness-wise and, and match sharpness-wise at the moment. While that's the case, then don't overlook your other options. Otherwise, you, you're then asking youngsters like Callum Guy or Max Bird to come in and do a difficult job, especially when the team's mm. struggling uh, on the road. Well, speaking of other options, I mean, Joe Ledley's a name that's been sort of coming up all summer, <clears throat> really. And um, Gary Rout said previously that you might look at the free agent market of, of which Joe Ledley is. Um, do you see that fit working? Or is that, again, a case of, well, a lack of mobility for, from a player who's, you know, 30? So he's... Well, myself and Chris have been discussing this and... Uh... Joe Ledley's available free agent as you say and all Derby can do at the moment if he wants to add to the squad is going to the market for free agents mm. experienced player at more than 500 games at club level is uh, without a club since he was released by Crystal Palace at the end of last season not played a league game since February the 4th or something I, I checked out it's a long time mm. uh, he's 30 years old he's 31 in January uh, the two things that's been levelled at, at, at the midfield in, in, after defeats by Sheffield United and, and Bristol City is that you know there wasn't enough energy in there. Well, Joe Ledley provides certain things to your team, but I'm not sure he's, he's the type who's going to hurry around midfield all over the place closing. I don't think. I think he kind of sits in there. And, and secondly, one of the other criticisms uh, of the team at the moment is that I think there were seven players started against Bristol City who are 30 or over. Well, Joe Ledder's another thirty-year-old, mm. so again, you can see why I went for Kifton Bell, can't you, Chris? He's Twenty-seven years old, you know, he'd be flying at the moment, peak of his career, you know, and so you, you can see the the fit in some ways might well have been perfect. 
And I mean, the point you also made is if if Derby did go for Ledley, and of course Ledley was interested, you have mm. to think of that mm. as well. I'm sure there might be other offers out there. Um, but where would that leave someone like George Thorne, mm. who, who just who just talked about briefly there? Because would that mean he then falls further behind in the pecking order, and then where where does he get his fit match fitness from? Does he go back to the under twenty threes or what? And I'm sure if you know if you could if you could rely on the fact that you had a fully fit George Thorne at the top of his game, then we perhaps wouldn't be having this conversation. Would no, and that's that, that that's one of the issues, isn't it? And you know, if George was available, we know what he's capable of doing. We also know what he's not capable of doing. Again, this is a word balance again, mm. but you know, he he certainly would be would, would be a very good option if he was fully match sharp at the moment and it's going to be a real interesting decision for Gary Rout when he chooses to start George Thorne uh, and, and it's one of them you don't you want him to be absolutely right when he returns uh, but always with things like this results tend to dictate when players mm. return from injury and, and, and you've got a guard against that I mean could, could either of you two but, see him potentially starting on, on Saturday? Well, I mean, it goes back to what Steve just said. It, it, if obviously because of the last result, mm. people are going to expect changes. The manager's probably going to look at changes. Um, so he's one of the he, he was on the bench at Bristol City. Yeah. He didn't come on, but he's obviously going to be in his thoughts. I think it is a it's a gamble to some extent, but then it's a it's it's kind of a catch twenty two situation because how do these players get their match sharpness back unless they play games and, and George said himself playing for the under 23s with all due respect it's just not you can't compare it with mm. playing in the championship or playing against a championship team and so it might be one of those sink or swim moments where he says you know we need him um, but on the other hand he might also say well the t- you know in the last home game we beat Hull 5-0 so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that team another chance um, so there's two ways of looking at it that's, that's, that's the point I was thinking of is, is Chris is right because it's at home mm. different game Derby should see more of the ball uh, and like against Hull you know he may Gary Wright may well think that two in there two in midfield will, will, will do the job and, and they'll take the game to Derby with the with the four ahead of them the three behind the one he, might, he may well stick with that and I could understand that if he did, I could really understand that if he did. And it also give him a bit more time to get in his mind maybe what he wants to do in away games because he then got back-to-back away games the following week at Brentford and Cardiff. Mm-hmm. So might just give him a little breathing space to kind of work out where best, what best to do. And also it might give George Thorne another week, of course. And the other thing, as you mentioned, three games in quick succession, is, I wonder, is he, is he thinking, well, I'll play... I'd mm. rather play in this game yeah. rather than that game because I'm sure he wouldn't. He certainly would play three games in eight it, days. It, so. it, would, it would. Again, I think this is where you know managers kind of earn their money, isn't it? And, and kind of work out the best approach. Uh, even though we we treat the next game because that's the most important always. Uh, I think because of the squad at the moment and the options in midfield, limited options. I think he's going to have to be quite cute. In the next, in the three games, in eight days or whatever it is, he's going to have to kind of really, I think, this one through. And as I say, two away games after the home game, uh, we might see something different. 
Just going back to uh, the, the Bristol City defeat, it was a, another defeat for Derby on the road. Obviously, they, they beat Bolton Wanderers away, but you know, in terms of 2017, they, they've really, really struggled on the road. And um, I think you three in. I think it's, it's this three in sixteen now in, in the it? league. Yeah, yeah, in the league. Which for a club like Derby County and the travelling support that will always. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's funny how these runs creep up on you, isn't it? You know, you tend to not to look at them, mm. and suddenly someone points out, you know, it's only three wins in the league wins on the road in 2017 so far. Uh, and as you say, for a team like Derby, who are expected to be challenging for the top mm. six, that isn't a great record. And, and to be honest, they won't challenge for the top six if that record mm. continues. Because if you keep winning at home and losing away, as I said last week, and as me and Chris were talking about it the other day, you're not going to go anywhere fast. And so they need to kind of nail down, uh, not only, first of all, looking after their home form, which has been strong in 2017, uh, and strong under Gary Rowe as well. Uh, so they've got to keep that and maintain that, but at the same time, they've got to come up with some kind of solution that helps mm-hmm. them on the road. Well, I was going to say it's probably a difficult question to answer, but I mean, is there anything that that could be done to to fix a, an away record like that, or is it just a case of you know just sort of need to get that win and then almost get the monkey off the back kind of thing? I mean, Gary Wright talks a lot about mentality and all this type of thing. You know, when 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 players step off the bus at away grounds, it is it is a different mentality you need, mm-hmm. and uh, I've said all along uh, for a long time now. I do think Derby are a little too easy to play against sometimes and, and as Chris said earlier Gary Rout said they're a bit too nice at times as well and they've got to, they've got to get rid of that you know so when you go to places like Bristol City now Bristol City you've got to start thinking we're going to have to really really perform today to, to get anything from this game and and so you know it's, it might be down to formation it might be down to personnel it might be down for a little while until you can get some away results under your belt to, to really making it a a very solid shape and performance, you know, that, and that's what sometimes you've got to go back to. And once you chip out an away result or two, that's where the confidence returns, and suddenly you can start being more expansive. Uh, but at the moment, Derby and Gary made this point after the game at Bristol City. You know, he just felt it was an, an indulgent Derby County performance. He called it, where they just seemed to think they could turn up, mm. out past the opposition, and win the game. Can't do that. You can't do that in any way game. You certainly can't do that in the championship. Mm. It, it does sound a bit cliche when you talk about confidence and momentum, but I think that has got a big part to play because you think back to the you think back to 2013-14 when they got to the playoff final and also the season they were promoted under Billy Davis. And I, you know, I remember sort of travelling to away games and you just got that feeling. You think, oh, they're going to win it, or they're going to get a point because of what had gone previously and, and, and I think there was that level of confidence and, and but that, I mean I mentioned those two seasons they were for different reasons because actually the one under Billy you wouldn't say they played particularly expansively but they just had that <coughs> they had that sort of grit to them where they could grind out results sometimes you weren't quite sure how they did it but they did it the one under Steve McLaren that was more Football based, if you like, yeah, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah. it yeah. Was, they were playing some great stuff, and you knew that you knew that they were going to give the home side some problems. Um, now it's a strange because obviously started this season, uh, they got a point at Sunderland, they mm. won at Bolton, but subsequently both those sides have shown that they're struggling a little bit. 
Sheffield United and Bristol City been a completely different kettle of fish because they're mm-hmm. both you know in the ascendancy it seems that they, they, they're going well they're confident and, and Derby just weren't able to yeah. deal with that it's, it, is, it, it is a confidence thing it is momentum it's it's about changing perception Gary Rowett mentioned this when he when he took the job Derby's players have to change perception of the team the perception of the team at the moment is that when the chips are down they tend to struggle a little bit now they only the players can change that you know only they can change that and, and I just thought first half at Bolton and people say oh it was Bolton Wonders and struggling and they are struggling you can still only beat what's in front of you I thought first half at Bolton you know that was good and and even in a strange way first half at Bristol City you know the winning 1-0 is the away mm-hmm. team you don't have to play well as the away team you can go on that result. yeah and, and so from that position no one thought they'd lose 4-1 mm-hmm. so they can do it, but they have to do it more often, and, and they have to change this perception of the side. As I say, unfortunately, uh, second half performance like Saturday only adds to that perception. Mm. Speaking of away trips, then you two could have been on your way to the National Stadium tomorrow night to uh, lovely Wembley. I know that you would have loved that, Steve. Been there before. <laughs> uh, but so if we rewind, then six days yeah. to, to the reason that they're not. Obviously, they lost to. To Barnsley in the Carabao Cup uh, Gary Rout made 11 changes for that and for 70 odd minutes it looked like you know good decision to make it with leading 2-1 uh, and then they go and lose 3-2 uh, again this is, this is another thing isn't it I'm kind of talking about this after the result uh, you're absolutely spot on he made 11 changes uh, I understand why he made them I've often said I would never make that many because I always think once you get over five or six you, you, you're not going to get the performance you want for obvious reasons because for everything to fall into place at once it, it's very, very difficult. But you're right, at 70 minutes, again, me and Chris have sat there in the press box and I never said at one stage they were in total control but they certainly had a grip on the game. And at, yeah, and at, and at that moment... It was difficult to see Barnsley scoring two goals because they weren't really threatening in that moment. So actually, as we spoke at 70 minutes, the plan was perfect. It was working. You know, Gary changed his team. He rested a few players ahead of Bristol City. It, it was all panning out. Mm-hmm. And then they conceded a very poor second goal to, to, to make it 2-2. And then, they kind of, and then Adam Hamill came on and scored a very good goal, although you could say you know, it gave him too much time to actually do that. But... So they've conceded two poor goals and, and, and lost 3-2 and then suddenly, as I say, man, managers can only win if they win. Mm. That's all they can do. You know, that's The best way is to win the game. Unfortunately, they didn't win the game so Gary was always going to be open to criticism for, for making 11 changes. And certainly, after the Bristol City game, he was in for more criticism yeah. because the argument was made, well, it didn't really work, did it? Because he rested these players who came back in and then put in a performance like that. But yeah. as, as you say, it was um, the team put out against Barnsley. There were a lot, there were some experienced players in there, um, people like Jason Shackle, Alex Pierce, uh, Craig Forsyth, mm. Andre Wisdom played mm-hmm. at right back. Um, then we also had a debut for, for Max Bird as we were expecting, um, and he didn't let anyone down. No, he? no, I thought he did. I thought he did really well. Uh, I thought he was. He, he actually uh, set about his debut in exactly the right manner. Uh, he, he, he received the ball, he controlled it, 
and he passed it on. You know, he, he knew where his next pass was, which was good. Uh, on the night, the next day, I likened him to Tom Carroll, and some fans had a bit of a pop at me. Uh, tin out again. Yeah, tin out again. I kind of wear it every other day, to be honest. <laughs> every other uh, day. Yeah, I carry it with me in my, yeah. lap, in my laptop bag. But, but you know, what, what I meant by that is, even though Max looks a bit taller than Tom Carroll, yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched Tom Carroll make his debut at, at Barnsley for Derby County on loan. Yeah, Derby had a shocking first half in that game. Awful, all over the place. And so he struggled in that first half. But second half, he was one of the best players on the pitch. And he's, he's developed into a rather tidy footballer. Yeah. Very nice footballer indeed. Uh, so I could see parts of that in him. Uh, but he, I thought Max did did very well. And it's, it's say, 16 years old. You know, mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Very young. Now, you know, that's just one game though. You know, it's, it's, people say, well, can he... Can he can he be in the first team? Can he, it, you know, you've got to be very careful. You've got to let him develop naturally, etc., etc. But uh, no, I, I thought he did well. And, and on the night, you know, Derby named an eleven which should have been capable of winning that game. And as I say, for for a while, it looked it looked like they were going to. You know, I, I feel a bit for the fans because a lot of them would have wanted to go to Wembley because you support a team, don't you? And, and you want days like like that or nights like that. Quite likely, and there'll be a few envious eyes when, when uh, Barnsley take on Tottenham at, from your at South Wembley. Well, I'd say it's a fine stadium. I've been there many times, <laughs> many times <laughs> indeed. Uh, and 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 to be honest, that not too many would have moaned about the Barnsley result had Derby gone to Bristol City and taken three mm. points. Uh, to make matters worse on Saturday, Bristol City, of course, is that Lee Johnson made only three changes to the eleven. That had a very tough game at Wolves on the same night as Derby played Barnsley, and yet their energy levels they uh, mm. were far too much for Dar- for Derby on Saturday, and they won the game. What What did you both sort of make of Bristol City? Because I mean, at the start of the season, a lot of people, probably yourself included, Steve, were uh, tipping them to to struggle. Yeah. They, they lost Tammy Abraham and Lee Tomlin. Yeah, and yet they're, I believe, they're the division's top scorers. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought they might. Well, I thought they'd struggle. Yeah, mm. because if you lose twenty odd goals like that, you yeah. know, and, and a clever player like Lee Tomlin, you know, what, what, and, and they conceded goals, mm. a lot of goals. So I, I wondered how they'd cope with that. Uh, I saw Lee Johnson on Saturday before the game, uh, and uh, I saw him afterwards as well after the press conference. And I'm pleased with him. I like Lee, you know, uh, and I'm really pleased with him. I thought he. Team played some really good football. I thought they had good balance in there. Uh, uh, I like the lad who came on, the number nine. Jiju, is it? Is it Jiju? Is that the way it works? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's Jiju. I've been practicing over the last couple of days, but uh, he came on and did really well. I thought, you know, held the ball up well. I thought the lad Lecco did really well. Uh, He was bright and they got some good players. I've liked the left back for a while, Uh, Joe Bryan. Yeah, Yeah, I've, I've liked him. Uh, so, and I saw Frankie Fielding afterwards. It's good to see Frankie again. Uh, he's a goalkeeper, so I'm really, really pleased. For, really pleased for Lee, uh, and and they look like you know at the moment they're flying confidence high, mm. playing some really purposeful football, which is important. Purposeful football, uh, and also it's uh, the ground splendidly redeveloped. Although the press box is rather too high for my liking. Oh, I was going to say, was it a nice press box? Well, uh, it, the ground itself is, is sort of 
unrecognisable yeah. from yeah. a few years ago. I mean, it has been gradually changing when we've been back. There's only the one time which still yeah. the same, isn't it? It's well, the away end at the moment where, yeah. is the only one that's yeah, not, yeah. not yeah. been done. But, um, but I mean, I, I can remember not too long ago we were in a, a sort of ramshackle port cabin before the game, where we um, just in the yeah. car in the car park, and now we've got these, you know, they've got mm-hmm. these lovely uh, press facilities. Um, so it's uh, it's it's an impressive looking stadium. But I yeah, they I, I agree with you. They looked a good side. I think their challenge is to kind of see if they can keep that going because they've they, they've sort of struggled to maintain that over the course of the season. Uh, um, in previous years, although of course they're not the end ones. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's uh, just the press box was not not for me. Not for, not for me. It's a bit high for me. Don't don't like heights. You don't like the Clifton suspension bridge. No, not not when you well, suggested yeah. on the way back because of diversions. We might have to go across there. Yeah, I say well, let's go the long way round. <laughs> uh, but it, the press box was a bit high for me. Uh, as a good it vantage is, point though, no. I down shut my eyes all game. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't look down. You don't want to say that Vertigo. to people reading the report. Also, can I just they say, might think that anyway. Can I just say, you also moan if the press box is too low as well, though, don't you? It yeah, you've said, right. said that before. It has to be said right. Yeah. I, I seem you know, to just uh, moan these days. Just moan, yeah, yeah. just moan whatever. It's got to be an age thing, doesn't it? <laughs> I remember going to Bristol City, actually, and they didn't have any backs in the away end to the seats. Just It was just a, a plastic yeah. seat. So you, Go to lean back and uh, yeah. just sort of almost fall off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's your moan, is it? Your well, moan yeah, out the way. It was more of an observation yeah. than a moan. To be uh, well, I mean, we, 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 we joke about it, but actually, the height of the press box is is, is interesting because mm. uh, press boxes around the country, you go to you used to go to White Hart Lane and right behind the dugout, you actually can't see because you're at legs kind of level. You can't actually see spaces and distances and play opening mm. up. If you, and then when you are up high, of course, you can see the whole thing. It looks a total different game from up there. You can actually see weak points, good points, where passes should go. Mm. You know, it gives you a real good overview. Uh, so it, it, it's fascinating the different levels. Of, I mean, we some press boxes are kind of. Uh, I'm trying to think of one. Carrow Road, the ones towards the corner flag. One corner flag that gives you a completely different view again. Mm. And also, of things. we were there um, at Watford when oh, they yes. were redeveloping their stadium. Yes. One time we were right in the corner, which yeah. was very a very strange uh, uh, experience. I think Craig Bryson popped it. Yeah, he did. That's right. So it, it's, it's mm-hmm. funny this advantage yeah. point, and this is what you know leading on to a serious point with managers. This is why some managers actually don't stay in the dugout yeah, yeah. because Steve McLaren. Yeah. Steve McLaren because they want that overview that so it gives them a better tactical awareness of what's happening, and that's why often with coaching staff they often send one up top. And, and mm. one down bottom as such because they can talk to each other uh, and communicate what, what they're seeing and, and I fully understand that because it's it, at a pitch level it's it's all happening around you in front yeah. of you and it's all a blur of legs and, and action and, and you can't really see the kind of, the, the, the kind of where, the, where the kind of gaps are and how big the gaps are and things like that interesting favourite press box? That's a difficult one, though. Uh, in terms of vantage point, just in terms of all round I quite, like press Red, I quite like Reading. That's quite high, isn't it? Again, <laughs> it is probably. A bit I feel safer there though because it's not a sheer drop, is it? Yeah. Uh, Reading, yeah, that's 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 okay because you 
nice coffee machine there as well. Uh, so that's quite good. Or you get some tomato soup as well in it. But uh, uh, but no, yeah, Reading's okay. It's interesting. They're all very different, you know. Mm. Any any that haven't got sort of pillars in the way, some of them, some <laughs> yeah. of them still do. Right? Yeah, they do. Like, does it switch? It switch. It switch. Yeah, it's leads. kind of back Sometimes yeah. you can get yeah. leads as the well. Old, the older stadiums basically. Yeah. The modern stadiums yeah. don't really have pillars, do they? But, yeah. but there have been occasions where we've been plumped behind. Uh, yeah. Maybe the restricted view. But no. But to, to be fair to Bristol City, Ashton Gate does look completely different now, and it, and it and it looks very good. And I don't know what their plans are for that. The way the away yeah. end as such, yeah. but if there are plans, once it's done, it'll be. Uh, a splendid stadium press box, ex- press box experiences yes an insight into your world insight yeah, yeah. Um, right so just before we, we move on then to, to previewing the Birmingham mm-hmm. game uh, obviously the big news coming out of Birmingham was that Harry Redknapp was dismissed from his job on Saturday following the 3-1 home defeat by Preston uh, first thoughts on that harsh <laughs> when, when the manager signed is it 14 players mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's sacked. I, uh, I, I was going to say it surprised me, but but let's be honest, nothing surprises. It doesn't, does mm. it? Because it because it can't. Yeah. And uh, but it does seem a bit odd. You allow a manager to bring in so many players. Uh, they have had a poor start. No, no, you know you can't hide from that fact. And managers will be judged on results, no matter who they are. You know, if he doesn't win games, you you you're in trouble. Mm. You know, it's as simple as that. And, and patience can only last so long. But I just thought if you've given the manager allowed him to bring in 14 players um, how long since the window closed? Two weeks? Uh, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. It does seem a bit odd but if if they suddenly pick up now results wise and all that then they won't think it's strange. Mm. I think just because it's so early in the season is, does that not sort of he's still got a lot of he still would have a lot of time to to turn it yeah, around but time is what mm-hmm. you don't tend You'll to get, get nowadays and course, I mean, no. Gary Rowe I'm sure will testify as well that he, he wouldn't have necessarily expected to have been dismissed by Birmingham when they were what seventh mm-hmm. in the yeah. table yeah. so um, it's not it's not unheard of but I think it's just it just sums up football in a way uh, to some extent in that they brought Harry Redknapp in to save them at the end of last mm-hmm. season was it three games he had Yeah. he managed to do that by the skin of their teeth on the last day and all of a sudden, you know, he's he's the hero. He gets the job. You know, had he not, had they gone down, mm. he probably wouldn't have got the job. I'd imagine. I don't, I, I don't know for sure. But but it's just the, it's funny how things turn, don't they? And then he, and so he's kind of getting ready for the for the long haul this season. He signs all these players, as, as you pointed mm. out, and um, a bad start, and he and he's gone. It's, it, it just shows how how fine these lines are, you know. I can't remember where we were travelling to, maybe in Bristol City or somewhere else, and we were talking about Steve McLaren. Uh, he got the sack after a, a 3 0 defeat at Brighton, who were flying at the time. But in the previous game at home, Derby were leading Preston to the 95th minute, and then is it Barkhausen yeah. scored a, a volley out of nothing? Long punt downfield, flick on, volley, mm. goal, 1 1. Had Derby won that game 1 0, yeah. And lost at Brighton, he probably would have kept his job. Strangely, yeah. and that's how fine it is. And and the criticism Gary Rowett received after the defeat at Bristol City, had David Nugent scored a two-one down, yeah. which he should have done yeah. with a chance he had. Had Bradley Johnson scored with a header, which he probably should have had it on target, and it just went wide. Yeah. It's two-two. Game changes. 
you get a point or you may even go on to get all three changes again and, and this is what it's like for managers unfortunately the way the game is today as Chris said time is not something that they get they should do should get time but they don't and and they get judged on on results I listened to uh, something on a radio station uh, in the car uh, this morning and uh, they were talking about betting on who the next manager to be sacked would be and that tells you everything about football mm-hmm. at the moment everything that's bad about football we're talking about managers being sacked yeah. you know and I, I, I don't like that I don't because unless you've been a manager and I haven't but unless you have been a manager I don't think we quite realise how tough mm. it is the pressures involved and and how tough it is to win a football match not four on the spin just to win a football match very difficult mm. I bet you there was some uh, short odds in there as well wasn't there there were some short yeah. odds yeah, I think I think Ronald Koeman was favourite. Again, now, that's, that's yeah, just red naps. You've been given this much money. Yeah, to spend I mean, I, I just think we shouldn't be talking about things mm. like that because I don't think it helps anybody at all. And uh, I say I think it's disrespectful mm. to managers who are in the position uh, of managing a football club because it's not an easy gig. So with red Knapp now out of Birmingham, is it is it a good time? Do you both think for Derby to be playing them on Saturday, or will the whole new manager syndrome spur them on and uh, help Birmingham to a win? Well, it's an in- yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, the, Lee Carsley's been put in caretaker charge from a former Derby player, of course. Uh, he's also brought in Paul Williams, another former Derby player, um, former Rams teammate of his. Um, unless you know, unless they make an appointment. Between now and Saturday, he'll be in charge of the team uh, against Derby, and he could pick a completely different team um, to the one that, that that played at the weekend, and and that obviously makes it a real unknown quantity. Um, I think on the face of it, it's a good fixture for Derby, regardless, because it's a, at home against a team that has struggled so far, and I think it's probably what they would have wanted after. A result like Saturday, but that's I think regardless of who's the manager, I think this probably makes it a bit tougher. Maybe because you'd expect a reaction, you'd expect whoever's in charge to make changes, to change things up, to make them a bit more solid, perhaps. Um, so it is, it is an interesting one. Um, I mean, I think we, we were going to talk about it as well. Um, the uh, Michael Keaton build <laughs> factor. Could he? You know, could he play for Birmingham? Um, he obviously hasn't featured really this uh, very much this season. Harry Redknapp was happy to sell him to Derby, as we know the move didn't go through. He's, he, he remains a Birmingham player. Derby, you know, want to go back and sign him in January, but who, whoever's in charge now between now and, and, and then, you know, they might fancy a look at him. I suppose. Well, I would because if if you're, I think they've lost six on the spin. Uh, conceded goals uh, second bottom of the table if that was my team and I stepped in there I'd certainly want someone like Kifton Belt in there mm. if, if if he can do what everyone's saying he can do on the pitch I would want him in there and if and knowing Lee Carsley and, and knowing the, the player, type of player Lee was he will look at his midfield because that's his area of the pitch he will look at that midfield and he will expect them to be scrapping chasing closing down 
And again, if, if, if what we hear about Kifton Bell is right, that's, that's what he does. So, you know, I, I don't know his fitness levels at the moment, don't know what, uh, whether he's injured or not injured, I'm not sure, but if he's available, he, he must come into contention because none of the players who've been playing recently can actually uh, complain mm. if they're left out because they, they, they've barely won the game. So it is an interesting one. I think, I think if you just have the result like Derby have away from home, Bristol City, and you were to pick an opponent at home in the next game, you'd pick one of the bottom three because that's just natural, isn't yeah. it? But as Chris says, what's happened with Harry Redknapp going, you almost expect a bit of a, a response from the players, the Birmingham players, and that, that in theory, could make it tougher and certainly brings into play, of course, the importance of the first goal because if, if Derby were to get it, it doesn't matter what response you've got, you'll, they'll think straight away, oh, going to another defeat for us. But if Birmingham were to get it, it suddenly gives you that mm. massive lift. And, and, and Gary will know, Gary Rout will know, of course, because he brought his Birmingham team here and, and, and beat Derby that time 3-0. And, uh, and Kifton Bell, I think, scored in that game. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, if I was Lee Carsley or whoever's going to be in charge, I would certainly look at that option. Do you, do you know Lee Carsley... From his time at Derby, uh, yeah, I knew him from his time at Derby, uh, and uh, I can't remember. We, we exchanged texts recently. I can't remember what it was about, uh, but no. And uh, of course, he he played for Everton yes. for a while, and yeah. really, really well. Uh, good player. He's a good player here. Yeah. He's a yeah. type of player that Derby are missing now. Yeah. Strangely, and actually, there was a one spell a few years ago when thinking almost of going to get him. Was that when he was at Everton? Or was, was it just coming to the end? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he was coming it, out yeah. of contract. Yeah, uh, and but 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 Lee Carsley is at his best would be absolutely yeah. what what Derby need now right now, and the fans here, you know, thought a lot of him, and mm. uh, he came back with Brentford, of course, uh, which was good, and uh, he did a good job there actually. Uh, so again, not knowing him, he'll he'll want them right at it. Mm. And uh, it's it's going to be an interesting game. That it's going to be an interesting game. And I say that first goal in that one could could be could make for an interesting afternoon. From um, from what you know of him, would he be a good fit for a manager's role, or do you think he's more of a? a well, I say he, he did really well at Brentford, and then if I'm right in saying he didn't want to take on the job, I believe that's right. I think mm. he's, he wanted to go back to the under 23s Yeah. Um, I think it's worth pointing out as well that he recently took up a job with the England under twenty one effectively number two for Boothroyd. Yeah, yeah. which was which he was doing, which he they said he'd do part time in tandem with his role at Birmingham. Mm. And now whether that would affect Mm -hmm. whether he gets the job full time, whether he wants the job full time, uh, I don't know. Mm. It's interesting because he went to Manchester City. As yes. uh, as under eighteen yeah. manager, and they reached the FA Youth Cup final. They lost to Chelsea, so again did a good job there. Uh, yeah, he's, he, I'd say he showed at Brentford that that he's more than capable of mm. of doing the job. He, as Chris said, he's brought in Paul Williams, who they know each other extremely well. Uh, so there's some trust there between them, and some understanding of, of how each wants to play the game. Uh, yeah, it's funny football, isn't it? How, Every fixture's got some hmm. some kind of angle or interest to it, yeah. and uh, while Derby will be desperately keen to erase what happened on Saturday at Bristol City, Birmingham will be desperately keen to to show that they're not as bad as the table suggests. Mm. Would you make changes for it, Chris? Um, 
Well, we, we touched on it briefly earlier, didn't we? One, one way of going is is um, is, pick, is is picking the same team that that did so well against Hull. Although that's perhaps a bit of a short-sighted way of looking at it. I think uh, I wouldn't say wholesale changes, but I think they might. I think possibly one or two. Mm. Um, again, formation-wise, he may he may think that he doesn't need to change the formation for this particular game. Um, We've got Andre Andre Wisdom missed the whole game because he was ill, which meant he was on the bench at Bristol City. He he's done well this season so far, so he could come back in at right back because Chris Baird uh, took his place, did very well against Hull. Um, Baird is an option to move into midfield, of course. Um, so that's a, that's one other possible option. And then we mentioned Sam Sam Winnell. Uh, look bright when he came on. So. He's got to be. He's so. got to be pushing for a first start, mm-hmm. um, and possibly George Thorne. Who just, I mean, we, we didn't really touch on it when we talked about the Barnsley game, but I mean, it's great, great to see George back after so long out. And I say whether he, whether he's ready to start against Birmingham, uh, I'm not sure. But uh, if Gary Rower thinks I've just got to. Do some change something in the midfield, then that is you know that is an option. But but you know, are you going to drop Tom Huddleston? Are you going to mm-hmm. drop Bradley Johnson? Um, I'm not sure he will. But no, it's, it's, it's those options in midfield. We he has to have an option to be able to do that. You know, uh, I, I said previously that I would look at Bradley Johnson on the left of the three behind the striker. But you need an option then to replace Bradley Johnson in midfield and 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 and. Until this week pans out, we won't really know where that option is. Uh, I think, looking at the, the performance of Bristol City in the second half, there are only for me uh, Scott Carson, uh, Tom Lawrence, Matty Vidra, who who actually could hold their hands up and complain if they were left out, because the rest could be. They won't be, of course, but they could be because none of them uh, performed as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Wisdom will come in, as Chris said, at, at back at right back. He's been very consistent this season. Uh, that would be unfortunate on Chris Bird because you know he suffered with the rest of the team at Bristol City, not just on his own. Uh, so that that's a, a, obviously an, a, a, a possibility. And I say Sam Winnell. No, I don't. We haven't seen much of Sam Winnell, mm. obviously, because unless he's played against Derby previously, no one's really seen that much of him. Uh, but when he did come on, he, he did look bright. He looked very lively. So. Who knows? He he may well get a chance. Uh, so I think you know, I think there will be changes, but I don't think there'll be that that many because say that it's a midfield option that, that's maybe holding things back at the moment. And and George Thorne, how Gary Rowett sees George Thorne, and and whether he's a, whether he's fit enough and ready enough to start a championship game is it, such a difficult question. But it was always going to be question that needed to be asked and answered at some time there has to come a game when you actually say let's have a look mm-hmm. you know uh, but as we said earlier they beat Hull City 5-0 at home in the, in the last league, in the last home game uh, and it's part of Gary I would be thinking well you know what if we could do that then I think we could do that at home again so again that wouldn't be a major surprise either mm-hmm. Oh, just then before we sign off, are you still uh, 
retired from yes. your predictions. Yeah, fans are delighted as well. Yes, I think that yeah, as as I said sort of off, off the microphone, your retired prediction was probably the closest of the yeah fans of absolutely the three. Yeah, the response about is brilliant <laughs> that I've stopped making predictions. Uh, there were a few of them were just a little disappointed. I actually didn't hadn't retired right. full stop from the job, uh, but I haven't quite yet. Uh, Chris sent for Birmingham on Saturday. What do you think? I'm retired. No, um... <laughs> I think you should retire, Johnny, yeah. because some of yours have been shocking. By the way, your predictions. Well, I I, I was completely wrong at the weekend. I'm Chris thought he was going to be right actually at half time on Saturday. I went for two nil Derby, and yeah. then at one nil, I was thinking, you know, it could be on, could yeah. be on here. But four one. No, it's I'm not two nil, is it? Go- I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to go. For a Derby win, I'm going to back a Derby response and a 2-1 victory. That's what I was going to say. Go for it as well. Uh, no, 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 yeah. I won't go for the same. Uh, no, I'll I'll go for I'll go for 3-1. What was your Derby. prediction for Bristol City, John? Just to remind the listeners, uh, it, it was 2-2, which actually, oh, right, close. at one point, as you said quite rightly when we listened to this back, if David Nugent had have scored to make it 2-2 then my prediction could have been right. Oh, what did you say, Stip, just to remind <laughs> What I just said was your <laughs> prediction was totally wrong. I'll tell you what, a lot of managers would keep their jobs if they would just go, well, if yeah. we'd have yeah, yeah. that, we'd have got yeah. a point. That's what I mean, yeah. And we'd have won if we'd have done yeah. that, yeah. I'm, I'm backing Derby for a home win. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think, I think there has to... There was against Hull. The, the only thing I will say is... They continue to lose games away. Mm-hmm. The pressure will be heaped on home games, and they don't want that to become too great. There was pressure before the whole game, and I think you know when that penalty was missed, the relief mm-hmm. around saying you could tell. Uh, so there was pressure on them before that game. There'll be even more pressure on them before the Birmingham game at home because of what happened to Bristol City, and they can't let that continue because it's draining. Anything else that you wanted to vent or get off your chest or declare your fear of? No. No. <laughs> no. Just, just your prediction again. <laughs> I mean, you just said it was close. I can't work that out. Two-two. They lost four-one. I'll have to. Yeah, I might give me time. When we return next time for the podcast, I've worked out what you mean by that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's not as bad as you trying to claim predictions of, of past weeks. Which do you want me to remind you of Bolton again? I do because you predicted that it would be two-nil. I gave you the correct scoreline after 92 minutes and also the correct scoreline after 95. I can't be more accurate than that. You can, because you then eventually went with 2-0. That was your final prediction. You're nitpicking here, I'm afraid. <laughs> they are still recorded, by the way. Yes, yes. yeah, anyway, right, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll cut this one now. OK. Uh, right, well, uh, Chris, thank you very much, Steve. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh, thanks to all the listeners, uh, as ever, for, for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back... Uh, for, for much more of the same next week uh, until then you can obviously follow us on Twitter at DerbyTelDCFC we're on Facebook which is facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC uh, all, all of our Rams news and views are online at www.derbytelegraph.co.uk uh, and you can also follow the podcast and listen uh, on both Audioboom and iTunes just search for It's Black and White thanks for listening and we'll see you again